Welcome to the Tuned In Podcast. I'm Post-Gazette TV writer Rob Owen, and I am joined this week by online features editor Sharon Emerson. Hey, Sharon. Hi, Rob. And media writer Maria Shulo. Hey, Maria. What's up? We are going to talk three TV topics, the new Ryan Murphy FX series Pose, then we'll get into the Roseanne meltdown and the Sam B controversy, and then last we'll talk about CB Strike, a new series on Cinemax, I believe, that's a British import. First, though, Pose. This is Ryan Murphy's last new series for FX before his Netflix deal starts. Doesn't mean there won't be more American Horror Stories or American Crime Story, but this is the first wholly new series that he'll be doing for FX. And it's uh, set in the late 80s around the ball culture of um, uh, trans women in New York that was previously seen in um, Paris is Burning. It's also... um, you know, uh, the competition aspect of it is certainly something in RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, I've seen, gosh, how many have I seen? Four or five episodes of Pose, and I I really like it, although what I like best about it is everything but the competitions. I'm just Mm. not interested in, I've I've never been a fashion person. You know, one dress to me looks as sparkly as another. and I'm not a big RuPaul's Drag Race watcher either, but I love the characters, and I find um, their stories extremely compelling. So they could they could take away all the ballroom stuff, and I would I would still watch the show. And ultimately, a show like this lives or dies based on those character stories. I think. Um, what What was your impression, Sharon? I know you were looking forward to this one. Well, uh, I was looking forward to it for a lot of reasons. Um, uh, the authenticity of having so many trans characters. One of the stars is uh, Pittsburgh's Billy Porter, who lived this um, culture uh, in the 80s in New York and um, has talked about it uh, often. There is a, um, a play um, called Wig Out um, by the same... Uh, uh, by the same person who Moonlight was based on. Um, he also, um, you know, focused on, on this culture. And what I love about it, um, among other things, is people uh, finding family. Uh, a lot of these yeah. people were, um, you know, mm-hmm. thrown from their homes. What was really uh, intriguing, um, there's a young man in the show who's a dancer, and they show him um, how he wound up in New York. And first of all, uh, he starts out supposedly in Allentown, Pennsylvania, which has such a uh, Peggy Sawyer in uh, 42nd Street um, <laughs> connection. Right, no, not really. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. I, I know this is about the ballroom culture, but, you know. You can just pose. Thanks. Um, and, um, and uh, you know, she came from. She comes from Allentown and makes it big on Broadway. Um, but it also, it's very much Billy Porter's story of having a, a minister mother, a father who was abusive and disrespectful. He was um, bullied um, out of Pittsburgh, and um, how his life changed when he went to New York and became part of that scene in the '80s. And I'm sure. Um, it's so much reflected within the series so yeah um, you know not everything rings true but then again these were people whose lives were posing you know who were you know they were trying to be their authentic selves while trying to be someone else it was it's a very odd um, 
dichotomy that they were living, and I think that comes through very clearly here. So, um, and I love, 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 love the clothes, um, especially, especially <laughs> Billy Porter's outfit. Oh, Bi- yeah, um, Billy must be in heaven. That, that uh, velvet dressing gown. Oh man, yeah, we. Yeah. I think we all coveted that, um, and. Um, uh, the scene where um, this house, they're called the House of Abundance, uh, because they they, uh, they do things like this. They evidently robbed the Met Museum of some um, uh, costumes from God knows what era and then wore them to the ball and got off because they said, you know, the museums didn't want to press charges and be have to say out loud that a bunch of drag queens stole their, um, broke in and stole their outfits. Uh yeah. That was just a, a, a hoot, not very realistic, but a hoot. Well, I had a famous drag queen once tell me that all drag comes from a place of pain, and certainly, you know, this reinforces mm-hmm. it. Not everybody here is trans, but, you know, there are a lot of, I mean, for for a certain era, um, for gay men finding out in the late mid to late 80s about HIV and, you know, whether in this case, one of the major characters makes a big decision to, to go off on her own and have her own house because she doesn't want to be forgotten. Um, the real standout character for me, two people here is um, India Moore, who is a trans actress, plays Angel, who is having this um, affair with, you know, a straight, well, house husband. Yeah, and uh, Evan Peters. Trump employee. Yeah, another yeah. Ryan Murphy regular. Um, you know, and then James Vanderbeek makes this goofy go-go 80s type appearances as a guy and that was funny but I was telling Sharon that um, there's an actor named Ryan Jamal Swain who plays Damon who is that character who gets thrown out of his home for being gay and wanting to dance and he has this audition at the end of the pilot that just made me smile because I was I was so sure until they showed (laughs) you his audition tape said Whitney on it that it was going to be flash something from flash dance. We should be playing what a feeling in the background, yeah. right? <laughs> and the look on his face because he's totally winging this. He doesn't have anything prepared. He he's afraid to try and and then when he gets sort of pushed into it by his new mother, the look of terror on his face every time he turns away from the judges is is both touching and hilarious. And uh, you know, I want to spend more time with these people. Yeah, I, I, I think that that Damon character is the one that I um, find his story most compelling so far. But I also think the Angel story is is quite good, too. Mm-hmm. Although I have to say, I'm even after four or five episodes, I'm super confused about um, the Evans Pe- uh, the Peter, what's his name? Evan uh, Peters. Evan Peters' Evan character. Peters. Um, and what it is that he wants. Um it's, Do you it's, think I he think knows? It's intentionally murky, but it's, yeah. it's interesting. It reminds me very much of Angels in America. Um, there's yeah. A par- mm. yeah, and uh, you know there are lots of pieces of of that in, in, within this too. And he's that's a really good point. Yeah, and and um, that's a married character realizing um, he's gay and not you know and and dabbling and then coming home and not knowing where he belongs either. These are a lot of people who don't know where they belong, who are looking for places to belong, and how they find it, I think, is the, the most intriguing thing about it. But I disagree with you, Rob. I, I want to see more of the balls, and I want to see <laughs> right. more of the voguing, because, I mean, that's just... 
Oh, I love. Oh, I know. I know there are a lot of people who are there for that. That's just not something that I'm like. Come on, get me back to the character stuff. I love the voking by the pair. I mean, you know, by the water where they just gather to practice yeah. their moves too out in the open. Um, you know, I, 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 <laughs> I left New York I'm dancing. And, uh, right at 1980 and I, I guess I, I missed all of this so I find it all very intriguing uh, one thing I will say about the Billy Porter character is that in the, the first couple episodes um, he's basically just just a DJ but then that character starts to gain complexity um, as it goes I can't remember if it's episode 3 or episode 4 he has a significant storyline that hmm. begins to kick in so well, that's really great um, because you there's that to look forward to when I saw the trailer at first, and they just showed him as the MC. I thought, oh, is that all he does? And then I thought they incorporated him with the house that we were supposed to be most sympathetic toward in a really cool way, you know. So he, so his role was was even bigger than I thought actually in those. First, so now to hear that it's that we get his background too. Yes, I'm very interested. Do we find out why he has that really nice apartment in Manhattan? Uh, thus far, we haven't found that out, but we do learn other things about him. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on. I think we're all setting our season pass for Pose, correct? Yes. Yes. All right. Let's move on then to last week's big TV blow up, the uh, huh. Roseanne racist tweet that resulted in ABC canceling her show pretty darn quick. Um, of course, now that's going to be semi-undone because they're going to bring the show back as Darlene or the Connors or something. <laughs> um, Jackie. Mm-hmm. Jackie, yeah. I, I don't Please, know if Jackie. Kill off Roseanne, or if she's out of the country, or God only knows what they're going to do with that. But I, I think we have not seen the the last of most of those characters, with uh. the exception of the one that was at the center. Um, and I, I guess before we get into the Sam B of it all, um, do you think that's a good idea to bring it back or just let it be done? Well, I think there was a lot of good talent and a lot of people really invested in this, and the show was good. It wasn't, you know, I didn't want it to just go away. So I'm not sure how they would pivot, but if you could have all those major actors back and those same writers back, I'd be curious to at least see how it goes. Now, the question is, without Roseanne, do you get those huge ratings? Because, you know, I think she definitely strikes a chord with a big part of America that, you know, didn't get to see itself on television a lot recently. Yeah, I, my guess is that you get big ratings week one, week two, and then it starts to fall off. But I think the big story here is not even so much is the show going to be around, it's that there have been so many comparisons to what Samantha Bee did on her show yeah. the following, was it the following day? Yeah, Wednesday. And you know, should should TBS cancel her show, and how could she? I mean, she called Ivanka Trump a bad name, and I don't mean just a mildly bad name. It was a stupid bad name, and she knows she did it. Um, you know what? What she did was she had a really good point to make about um, about it was about Ivanka Trump, Trump, excuse me, um, and uh, tweeting uh, pictures of her family and talking mm -hmm. about her children at a time when. The big news story of the day was uh, children being ripped from their parents, you know, um, immigrant from their immigrant parents uh, in um, the crackdown on uh, illegal immigrants. And 
Uh, it was, you know, a totally, um, you know, clue. It was not clue. random. Yeah, it, it was a clueless thing for her to do is what the point Samantha B was saying. But to call her the C word, um, uh, to use her, her platform to just name calling is... Um, Maybe it's what a comedian does, but it, it, it just totally rubbed me the wrong way, and it totally blew up the, her argument, you know, her argument against Trump, who Trump is, and that, you know, he has maybe ruined the national discourse by his use of coarse language. And, he has been known to use that word. Yeah, it, well, yes, we know. Um, um, on a colleague of ours, Jennifer Lynn, as a matter of fact, former colleague, um, and um, which also was a new, news-making... It, and, you know, Roseanne's been ranting and raving in her way for a long time, and so is Samantha B. and I think that um, they each crossed the line at around the same time for some people. There are a lot of people who jumped to both of their defenses, I should say, but um, it, it seems to me that there, there were lines crossed. And it'd be interesting, do you think TBS will do anything with Samantha B.? No, because I think what Roseanne did was was racist, and I think what Sam B did was use a profanity she shouldn't have used. That you're right, undercut her argument. But I think, in the court of what's socially acceptable, I think, um, particularly given the president we have, I think um, profanity has become more acceptable. But I think just where we are as a society, racism is a lot less acceptable. God, you should hope you could hope, right? Um, yeah. You know, reading the comments and the defenses of, of both of these people just totally blows my mind and, and makes me so sad. I can't even begin to tell you. Um, and uh, I'm I'm of the opinion I don't need um, more. I mean, I feel bad people lost their jobs, um, but they also knew who she was when when they came into this too. You know, Wanda Sykes. You're talking about Roseanne. Roseanne. I'm sorry. Yes. I, I feel badly and, and wish that were not the case, but no matter what they do now, it will be because of that. And, and how they would bring it back without her is, is also very interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious about the creative on that, how they do that. As far as the people losing their jobs, obviously that is super unfortunate, but also it's just a fact of life of television. Shows get canceled all the time. Now, this yeah. one is a little bit different in that you know, these people turn down other jobs to, to stay with this show right. for its second season. Plus, that, plus the show was making a lot of money for the, uh, it seemed, you know, for the, um, they, they had no reason to ever believe that this could happen, you know. Well, they had right. lots of reason right. to believe that that could happen. Apparently, you know, she's, I mean, in the past, Roseanne Barr has said and done things either medically adu induced or um, influenced or uh, you know, psychologically, she, it's not exactly like she's never been a loose cannon before. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, again, someone like Wanda Sykes went to work for her. She couldn't have believed that she would say something like that in public or yeah. anywhere else, I guess. I don't know. Well, what, do you, what do you two think of the theory that Roseanne did it on purpose to just get out of doing another season of television and, you know? I don't really buy that. Was that the Tom Arnold theory? I think that was the Tom Arnold It was Arnold even before Tom Arnold, people were saying that, you know, she had had to be coaxed so much to get back into doing this, and then when she got there... I buy that as much as the know. Ambien theory. I think she's, she's, <laughs> she is who she Somebody is. Somebody at Ambien, yeah. a PR person, is 
yeah. certainly getting a raise off of their response to yeah, that. Right, that was exactly. great. Uh. All right. Well, let us uh, move on to our final topic and say thank you to Maria, who is going to head off. To write about thank you, Miss America. See you guys later. <laughs> So, Sharon, um, CB Strike is the new series on Cinemax Friday night. Um, it is based on novels written under a pseudonym, I believe, by J.K. Rowling of yeah. Harry Potter fame. Um, I did not get a chance to see this one. It is a, a period detective show, I think. Tell us a little bit about it and uh, if you liked it and if you'll be watching more. Well, not a period uh, piece. It's it's pretty much present day. Um, oh, it is. Okay, yeah. my bad. And um, and I've read both books um, that she wrote with uh, this character whose name is um, C. B. Strike. It's funny. Uh, there's nothing I like better than um, a a, um, a British cop show. I, I just think that they do certain things so well. Um, and um, I I knew the actor Tom Burke from um, when I say new, it's like on my television screen. <laughs> from, right. From the Three Musketeers, BBC uh, dramas and so on use their uh, actors. Once if if they like you, you uh, get seen again and again, which is a good thing, you know. So you already have a connection to them. Um, my big problem from the beginning was going to be that I know how this murder mystery ends because I read the book, and that was like the least satisfying thing about the book. But I really like the character a lot. Um, it's a <laughs> Uh, he's the son of a rock star, um, uh, very estranged from his father, who served in the military and lost a leg there, who had been dating a socialite, and um, that fell by the wayside. And now he's a very down-on-his-luck private investigator. But when we meet him, uh, he is joined by... Um, an assistant, a very eager, uh, perky assistant, sort of the antithesis of, of who he is, um, played by Holiday Granger, one of the great names out there. She's also been in a couple of episodes of Patrick Melrose. Um, like I said, BBC, they, they shuffle their people around. Um, and um, and she uh, kind of is really good at this private investigation stuff. And um, how they meet is played out exactly the way it is in the book, which is which is very cool. Um, he he almost jumps her down the steps, but he saves her at the last minute. Um, and it, it you know it takes you into a lot of different worlds. This first. Uh, show um, this high fashion model is the uh, supposed suicide whose brother thinks she's been murdered and 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 new uh, CB strike is as he goes his first name is Cormoran don't ask um, and um, so it's him solving this mystery and us getting to know him and uh, Robin his assistant at the same time and it's just, you know, they do things pretty smooth. Um, you know, it's uh, everything, they, they take you into worlds like the high fashion uh, business, so Rob, you won't like that. And <laughs> and um, there she- I don't object to it, it's just not the reason I tune in. <laughs> um, uh, she also had been a drug ha addict in rehab and the people she knew there. So, uh, you know, the, there's an upstairs, downstairs kind of a, a present-day class system uh, thing going on, and he um, kind of skims both because, again, he's the son of of a very well-known person, and that's for the better and the worse, mostly for the worse in his life right now. 
Uh, so yeah, um, it's limited series. I don't, you know, they'll get to the end of, of this book, and then uh, it's already run in um, BBC in the UK. I don't know if they'll go on with the next book or if they'll just like the character and, and go on with it, but I'll definitely watch. I don't know how many episodes. I didn't even look that up. If it was six or eight or ten, the way BBC does. I think it's six or maybe eight, but I think six. Oh, even better. Because, again, you know, it's it's one book, not a particularly long one. Um, you know, J.K. Rowling, she wrote this under, I think the name is Robert Galbraith. Galbraith. Yes. Yeah. And... Um, and people, and she really hoped people wouldn't know that she could be judged on what kind of a mystery writer she could be, and everyone found out right away. Um, so, you know, you read it like her. I mean, it, there's very coarse language, there's sex, um, there's violence, they're the kind of things that um, uh, were not in any of the Harry Potter books. She, she wanted to be more of an adult, and, um, I, you know, the woman knows how to write a page turner, uh, and I thought, and create you know, really engrossing characters. As I said, I don't think the ending of this was particularly satisfying um, in the book. So I'm really, really intrigued to see how they do it um, here. And it's a, I thought at first it was a strange thing for Cinemax of all places to have picked up, except that they also um, are running a BBC series Strike Back. Um, right. Which um, I like... I very much like the um, original series that was also like a, it was six to eight episodes with Richard Armitage and um, Andrew Lincoln of The Walking Dead. And this is a whole different group now. But so I've discovered that on Cinemax and I've been watching that too. Again, I like um, uh, that kind of a BBC series. So it's my kind of thing. And if you're a BBC America kind of person, you like, you know, when they... Um, how they do procedurals <laughs> or, or detective shows or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think this is for you. Are you able to at all remove yourself from the book and, and think about it? Like, the reviews of it have been fairly lukewarm, so I'm, I'm curious if you are more a fan of the book and the characters or the TV show itself. Oh, uh, you know, I just watched this first episode, and um, so um, yeah, it's it's totally I'm totally matching it up to the book right now. Um, Got it. And um, that's why I'm going to keep going. But I'll, I'm compelled to because, like I said, even the, the thing with the book was, you know, that wasn't it did, that also got lukewarm reviews too. Um, mm. I I gave it an okay review <laughs> when I read it, um, and. I, I just, you know, one thing about, you know, uh, six to eight episodes, you know, you can get to, the, you can binge it pretty quickly and um, and not feel like you've wasted too much time if it's, right. you know, if, if it's not the best thing you've ever read. But um, but I like the actors. I really like um, Holiday Granger uh, as Robin. And, um, and I want to see what it's like when we, see him in diff in all these different worlds where supposedly he's comfortable or uncomfortable. So uh, that much of the cinematic part of it I'm, I'm intrigued about. Um, but um, yeah, I, I maybe that's why it wound up on, on a place like Cinemax because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it till the end and, and I'll let you know. <laughs> all right. Very good. Well, thank you very much, Sharon. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, as always, to our producer, Melissa Tack, and thank you for listening. If you have any topic suggestions or comments, please email me at rowen at post-gazette.com, and we'll chat with you again next week.